0: The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.
1: I think we really benefit from community partnerships. That's one of the things that has made our exhibitions really stand out in the time that I've been here. And I think that those exhibitions that we do in partnership with other organizations Really have um, a much deeper meaning and a much deeper influence for our visitors.
2: More art is more art. I will always, I will always say that, and that is really exciting to see that um, art has a place here and it's there's a need for it and it's it's wanting to grow. And there's lots of different companies and different things you can see if if you look and you're you're seeking that. It's exciting.
0: Welcome to the Growing Destinations Podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics, from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism, and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. Art plays an important role in any community. My guests today lead two arts organizations in Rochester, Minnesota. Pam Hugdahl is executive director of the Rochester Arts Center, and Misha Johnson is the Managing Director of the Rochester Civic Theater. Their long-tenured organizations have emerged from the COVID-19 pandemic with renewed optimism. As they look to grow their organizations, they acknowledge that community partnerships are key. Misha Johnson, Pam Hugdahl, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I'm excited for our conversation today. Before we talk more about your organizations, I want to learn a little bit more about yourselves. Pam?
1: I am the director of the Rochester Arts Center. I've been here since 2020, and I'm really enjoying the vitality of the arts in Rochester and seeing it grow as we come out of a difficult time. But it just seems like it's flourishing and lots of wonderful opportunities in Rochester here.
0: Misha?
2: I am a Rochester native. I graduated from Mayo High School, and then I left to do professional theater out in Colorado. And I moved back about six years, and I've been the managing director of the Rochester Civic Theater right about the same time. I think I came on board um, as Pam over here.
0: Misha, tell us more about the Rochester Civic Theater.
2: The Rochester Civic Theater is the longest running community theater here in southeastern Minnesota, so we're celebrating season 71 this year. It's very exciting. It's a long time. (laughs) It's a long time. It has a fun history. It was previously started by um, just a bunch of actors who wanted to have a theater here in Rochester 71 years ago, and they uh, raised enough money to produce a production, and then they purchase the theater and the space, and, and here we are 71 years later, and it's, it's amazing that it's going strong, and it's, it's very exciting.
0: Pam, tell us more about the Rochester Arts Center.
1: We were in st- established in 1946 by Newton Holland, whose name is all over Rochester, and uh, we, so we just celebrated our 76th birthday yesterday.
0: Wow, congratulations to you, too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of tenure in the arts and culture world here in Rochester. Yeah,
1: yeah. We have rotating exhibitions in our gallery spaces, programs. Open Studio is a new program that uh, is available on Fridays and Saturdays. People can drop in and do art activities, bring their own activities. So lots of different ways for people to interact with the arts and different, you know, I, I try to think of it as having something for everyone at the Art Center.
0: I'm curious, how do you decide what art exhibits you'll showcase?
1: That's a great question. For me, it's kind of organic. So it's, you know, what's what's being presented to me? What comes to me? And it seems like a, a, good, a good option. So we have community members bringing ideas to us. We have artists bringing ideas to us. Former colleagues from other institutions that I work, have worked with have exhibition ideas that they're putting together and want to travel to us. So lots of different ways that that we're trying to respond to the needs of the community through exhibitions.
0: Do you also recruit?
1: We do have some juried exhibitions. So right now we have Walk With Us as a juried exhibition that we have on view throughout our building.
0: Misha, how about you? How do you decide your annual theater performances?
2: Well, you know, as the managing director, I also get to be the artistic director. So I I wear that hat as well. (laughs) Yes. So a lot of the needs, um, I'm coming from a background where I started immersion youth repertory. So I had a children's theater before joining the civic theater. So we've now merged forces. And so one of the things we wanted to make sure to do is there's a lot of families in Rochester and a lot of youth who want that opportunity to perform. So you always, I always try to choose something that's family friendly, that has youth roles in it so that we can have a lot of kids involved in the production itself. But then it is um, also a matter of introducing some of the new plays that have um, previously just left Broadway or have left the touring circuit. So I, I personally like to introduce a lot of those new productions as well, the classics, like we're, we're performing Christmas Carol. That's a, a, a wonderful classic that you got to do right. <laughs> and make it an annual <laughs> tradition in, in my opinion. Uh, uh, so we have to bring those classics back too. So it's a, it's a balance.
0: I, I am impressed with your 71st season of shows. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you picked those?
2: Yeah. So the first one, um, because kids are available to rehearse in the summer. So the first one, I as long as I'm around here, I'll be choosing a children's show that will be kids can audition for. So we did Willy Wonka as the season opener. The next one was a newer musical called Murder for Two, which is only two people and one piano playing 13 characters. Oh my gosh. So that one uh, was uh, quite a challenge to perform, and I'm uh, so happy Rochester has so much local talent here that is uh, community actors. So then we have A Christmas Carol... And uh, up next is also another new comedy, which I think is going to rival Noises Off here as the um, one of the funniest plays to ever come out. It's called The Play That Goes Wrong. They even have the Goes Wrong show now that is based <laughs> off of the play. So if you haven't seen that, um, it's hilarious. And anything that goes wrong in the play does. <laughs> then we have the classic The Miracle Worker. Which is great. So we just got a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board. So every actor is actually going to have a shadow interpreter on stage with them, which is going to be amazing and a really um, powerful performance and try to include uh, the deaf community all throughout Minnesota is welcome to come bring groups there because they'll be able to see every single performance with
0: those interpreters.
2: And then, of course, the season finale is the Little Mermaid. So a nice big Disney classic to close it all out. <laughs>
0: I'm curious when you have shows that are Disney shows or just the licensing behind that, how does that work?
2: Yeah, you have to get the rights to productions you're performing uh, long in advance, and it is not cheap. We always say that ticket sales only count for a very small portion (laughs) of our budget, and we are a nonprofit and a community theater, so we do rely on grants and donations um, heavily. We're happy to be in a civic theater in a, in a building owned by the city that helps out our be able us to be able to produce those big musicals like a
0: Disney musical. Pam, are there any art exhibits over the past year or so that you've been involved with that really jump out?
1: Certainly, Homecoming Queen, which featured Utica Queen, who was a RuPaul's Drag Race sensation.
2: We love Utica. That was such a great exhibit. (laughs) It
1: was. So yeah, that really stood out and was wonderful to be able to work with local drag community for programming.
2: We love Utica. Actually, Utica actually used to be a Rochester Civic Theater uh, student and was in the classes at Rochester Civic Theater. It's very cool. Yeah, it was really
1: fantastic to see him at work getting all of the garments ready.
0: From southeast Minnesota. Yes. That's great. So it just brings that local connection even. A local connection, but a worldly exhibit, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Yep.
0: I I watched some engagement on social media over that, and it was amazing.
2: That was one of the most breathtaking exhibits I've ever seen there. So bravo. Thank you. Walk Back to Your Body has been a really exciting
1: exhibition to have on view. Allison Hiltner, uh, an artist from the Twin Cities, has fiber optics that are connected to an EEG reader that people can come in, put the the EEG reader on, and see their brain waves, like our brain activity oh. Oh, wow. reacting in is the that fiber currently? optics. That is, yes, that's on view through December 31st of 2022.
0: Yep. Yep. I, I want to talk a little bit more and dig deeper into arts and culture in the community. And let's talk about the importance of that. You both represent two signature institutions, arts and culture institutions in Rochester. And in fact, you bookend the Mayo Civic Center. So both of your organizations are located um, within the Mayo Civic Center and in and, and downtown Rochester. Let's talk more about the importance of arts and culture in our community. Misha?
2: I mean we're sitting here in at the Mayo Clinic, one of the most world renowned medical communities in the world, and Destination Medical Center and that whole initiative, and it really brings home the fact that while science and, and that part of the our brain waves and that part of what is here in that represents Rochester so much. Uh, we also have to recognize there has to be a, a balance to that, right? And so here we're so lucky to have the Mayo Civic Center and two wonderful organizations that, that do bookend it. It's so important that our community has that balance and it's essential for, enriching the lives of our the patients and the, the visitors and our community and the doctors who live and work here. I think our organizations are incredibly important to the vitality and vibrancy of Rochester.
0: Pam?
1: Yeah, and that was actually kind of the founding um, mission for the Art Center was to have a, a community art center that really met this expectations of what the city does from a scientific point of view. So to have kind of a balance between the arts and the sciences in Rochester.
2: I can't believe the talent that comes out of the Mayo Clinic that we have. Um, just in Murder for Two, we had two gentlemen who work on the same floor of the Mayo Clinic, and they are crazy talented. Um, and they didn't even know each other uh, until they auditioned for the show. And here they come to find here. out, right, there's a lot of employees. <laughs> but, you know, they need that outlet as well to balance out their, their life. How do you
0: both engage the community to bring arts outside of your organizations and then bring the community to your organizations?
2: At the Civic Theater, we have a new mission statement, which is that we actually have opened up our doors to a myriad of all different kinds of performing arts groups. So we actually host over 20 different nonprofits. So we have a six-show season in our season, but then we host, I mean, we're hosting Nutcracker right now. You're going to see other theater companies, other dance companies over in our space as well. So we really end up being a performing arts complex within our facility of our two different theaters.
0: And very inclusive.
2: Exactly. Very inclusive. So now, because our doors are opened up, there's all kinds of people who have access to that space as they need it. Pam?
1: We have a very broad mission statement that emphasizes diversity, equity, and inclusion and has for many years. It's always been about bringing people in and making sure that people are able to experience the arts and the benefits of the arts. So we, I think we really benefit from community partnerships. That's one of the things that has made our exhibitions really stand out. In the time that I've been here, and I think that those exhibitions that we do in partnership with other organizations really have um, a much deeper meaning and a much deeper influence for our visitors.
2: I think that's an interesting point. The community partnership is so important because one of the main things that we have seen at the theater by opening up our doors to other different groups is we've seen an influx in not only our ticket sales, but their ticket sales. Because when we all do this together, we all thrive because they may come to see the Nutcracker and see that a Christmas Carol is happening and didn't know that until they came to show up for their kids' stand show. And that's exactly what it's about is is by doing it together, we can all help each other in the arts.
0: And you build some loyalty and advocates.
2: Absolutely. And we all need that in the arts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm curious in terms of your connection outside of Rochester and, and the arts world in general, do you have relationships or partnerships or collaborations with, for example, the arts community in the Twin Cities or around the country? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah we're really looking forward to an exhibition that we're Bringing in from the Catherine Nash Gallery at the University of Minnesota, it'll be traveling to the Tweed Art Museum and then to us, and this will happen in 2024, featuring artwork by Native American artists. So we're we're looking forward to that, um, and that's you know based on a relationship that I've been building in the arts since 2000. So you know over 20 years of of building a network.
2: I would say the same thing being in a Denver community, which is a larger theater community. You do develop a lot of connections and especially with new playwrights, you have the pulse on what is touring on that Broadway scene and making sure that we're bringing that to Rochester, that we're still on par and on pace with what is happening in the rest of the country, I think is really important. And I'm, I'm happy to have had that experience here to be able to bring that to Rochester as well.
0: It's great to see how the arts scene has really been energized over the last few years one of the rubs rochester has gotten however is that it's it's not really an arts community as compared to some of its neighboring communities but certainly that's changing and maybe maybe the criticism should never even be be you know lobbed at rochester because it's, it there's so much diversity in this community around arts. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Being a newcomer to Rochester and and arriving in the pandemic, it was hard to know was this was it always this quiet or was there is there a cool factor that I'm missing? But I get the sense that it's growing or that it that there used to be something and it kind of fell away and now it's coming, something new is developing. And one of the things that I like about that um, is that I feel like, you know, I was in Minneapolis for 15 years, and there was a scene, and you had to be cool to get into the scene, <laughs> and um, and you know, I I was always kind of on the peripheral, and um, and I feel like here, Rochester, there there isn't a scene that that you have to try to break your way into, that there's there's room for lots of people to be doing lots of different things, and um,
2: very you know exciting, energetic time. You know, you've seen a lot of different theater companies and dance companies emerge out of the pandemic and um, just before it. And I think that's really exciting for Rochester. And everyone always asks me, oh, do you think that's a – are you worried about that, the competition of more theater companies? I go, no. <laughs> are you kidding me? The size of Rochester and the amount of visitors and, and people that we have here? No. More art is more art. I will always, I will always say that, and that is really exciting to see that um, art has a place here and it's there's a need for it and it's it's wanting to grow and yeah. there's lots of different companies and different things you can see if if you look and you're you're seeking that it's yeah. exciting.
1: I totally agree, and like that that energy builds on its on mm-hmm. each other. So Absolutely. when you walk down Broadway and you stop by Tree Dome and Art Heads, and then you end up at the Art Center, and then you go out to lunch like that. That, that sounds like a perfect day.
2: Yeah. And, you know, they've done a great job in the city, too, of of simple things, giving money for murals and being able to paint the electrical boxes. I mean, that is right. all, you know, great initiatives to make that happen. And the RDA being able to have the, you know, event grant. And I, th- I think that's all great. And those are things that need to keep happening in Rochester.
0: Well, it was cool to see. During the pandemic, as uh, the city and, and others were trying to help even the restaurants with expanded outdoor space by giving them more space into roadway right. and, and turning these ugly concrete jersey barriers into art.
2: Yeah, it was beautiful. It was really exciting. We hosted the Rochester Repertory Theater at our. Now, they have their own space. They have their own building, which is great for them. But they had to come over to our venue, because during the pandemic, all of the restrictions, we were only allowed 20% capacity. Mm, and so right. their 20% capacity, you know, was, you know, 15 people. And so it didn't really make sense for them to produce theater yeah. there, but it was great to be able creative to have solutions. creative solutions, to be able to to start hosting other groups. It was, it was nice. To, we all got to work together.
0: Well, it's also fun to see you know, the craft beverage scene has grown so much in Rochester. And now you're, I just look at a a organization like thesis beer project where they do a lot of live music or forager and so many of these places where they create more opportunities for artists and musicians to have a place and have a voice.
2: Yeah. It's again, I grew up here, so I graduated from, uh, from Mayo and I remember when we got our first, you know, coffee shop, that was a that was a big deal, let alone a brewery or other coffee shops that have a, the ability to perform. So Rochester's come a long way. It's exciting.
0: Both your organizations have dealt with financial struggles in the past. Those struggles happened before you both took over uh, at, in your roles. Um, and then on top of that, COVID, Can you give a status report for your organizations, Pam?
1: COVID. Presented a lot of challenges. There was also a couple of lifelines with the uh, PPP loans. Um, so you know, it, there were some some pluses and minuses coming out of the pandemic, and I think kind of a lot of different societal changes. Funding continues to be uh, a big unknown, and so there are organizations that have changed their their funding. Path, you know, going away from the arts towards social justice, perhaps. So, we are seeing that, and that's um, definitely a you know an area that's a strain for us. But but I also feel very you know excited about our our attendance is up um, higher than it was pre pandemic and and pre financial struggles. So, we're we're seeing a great trend towards um, increasing our grant revenue increasing our donor contributions and increasing our attendance and audience
2: involvement. Misha? The Rochester Civic Theater has been through quite a bit in the past few years. And one of the things that we're, we are proud to report is that with the new change of turning it over to the community, that was really the key and making sure that it returned back to a, a civic status and, and giving back to the community and having those opportunities there. So it is now all all local people on the stages uh, we're involving the community, and those doors have opened up, which which provides not only something and an aspect of the community giving back, but it also brings in also a stream of revenue for us as well, which which helps with that sustainability, but also absolutely the lifeline of PPP, and uh, we would not be here today without the Save Our Stages.
0: And tell us about that.
2: Uh, Senator Klobuchar um, had uh, footed that bill to go to the to be approved through the legislature, which basically gave a huge lifeline to theaters across the country and it provided um, any live venue space. And so without that, we would not have been able to have any staff or programming or anything without that, without that bill to have passed. So now we're, you know, looking at that, seeing it, um, that funding, ends in 2023 for most of us in the country who have those live theater venues. And that's great. That's because that's allowed us to get our audiences back. We really did not see a full audience, I would say until last season of Into the Woods. And that was our Final, final show in season 70. And that's, that's, in a long, in that's a long time to be open and producing theater without a full house <laughs> to help with those tickets or to help with that grant revenue. Even a lot of that grant revenue that normally would have been available to art organizations really went to COVID money. And so a lot of that um, grant money dried up during the pandemic, and that was really challenging. So the Save Our Stages really absolutely was a lifeline and, and is the reason why we're here still today at the Rochester Civic Theater. So we're incredibly grateful for that. But, yeah, absolutely, we're, we're selling out shows. Now I was just saying uh, you better you better get your tickets for Christmas Carol because they're almost gone already, and it's that's not great. even december but but that's great. It's great a great problem. great problem to have, and we're really grateful that the city is supportive again and and understands the the value of the civic theater here in Rochester so that that is a blessing to be that.
0: What does growth look like for your organizations, Pam at the art center?
2: We're really
1: wanting to grow more diverse, uh, engaging more diverse artists, more diverse attendees. So that I think is a a big part of our growth. And, and that has, you know, the way we do that is by learning and listening and um, making sure that we're making connections with the community um, in all, all areas of the community. So, you know, we're on, we're on that track and really excited to see that people have returned to the galleries and,
2: are finding their way.
0: Misha, how about for the Civic Theater?
2: Theater has often been known as it is um, for the wealthy. It is for the the rich, and it is for older people. (laughs) And it is not for young people. It is not for families. And that is not true. That's just not true. So we're really trying to target the fact that if you have something to do in Rochester and you're looking for something to do, please come to the theater. You don't have to go to Minneapolis to go to the Guthrie. I mean, it's wonderful. You don't have to go there. We have a wonderful theater here, and please come here. So we're really trying to engage that younger audience by choosing those shows that um, will encourage those people to attend. And also our summer programs, we're really focusing on growth of the summer programs. We're having, uh, we do full scale productions of shows that kids participate in. They sign up for a summer camp and this summer they're going to perform Rainbow Fish and Moana. Then that will be six different camps that will happen this summer, which is, which is great.
1: great. Yeah. And our, our camp program has also, got smaller during COVID and now that we don't have to worry so much about physical distancing, we're able to grow it again. So Mm -hmm. we're looking forward to to bringing more students back and it's been a great program, 52 years running, started by Judiana Frio. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's, it's important, those two, we have to keep those youth engaged in the arts because they are the future. They're Absolutely. the ones who, who I always say that you know, our older generation loves coming to the theater, but we, we need to get that younger audience involved in the art center and in the civic theater. We need, we need that. They're the future of who's going to be there.
0: Well, I wish this conversation was televised because you both have so much passion for what you do. <laughs> so I really want to thank you both for joining me on Growing Destinations. Uh, Misha Johnson from the Rochester Civic Theater and Pam Hugdal from the Rochester Arts Center. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene its international culinary flavors, and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.